Hello again, everyone. This is Joe with the Woodhounds, a weekly podcast about firewood. And I am sitting here in Woodhound Studio with my good friend, Dan. Dan, tell the world hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Woodhounds, the number one firewood podcast in the world. Isn't that amazing? It, it is crazy. <laughs> Uh-huh. I will never get tired of saying that, too. The number one <laughs> firewood podcast in the world. In the world. Yeah, that's great. And I believe, I think this is episode 12. I don't know. We've we've had over 10 episodes, so I know that our reach is also now intergalactic because it's being <laughs> broadcasted out. So yeah. we might be our original one. plan. Our original plan was to have... I think four, right? We were going to do four and just see if if right. we were having fun, if it, if it was reaching anyone, and that was going to be our first hurdle. And that we we jumped over that hurdle like oh. it wasn't even there. Exceeded all expectations on every front. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Easy, huh? This has just yeah. been a blast. I know. It's it's uh-huh. <laughs> although the flights are getting a little long. <laughs> but Woodhound Studio is definitely very comforting to be in, so I enjoy yes. it. Yes. You need to spend more time here so I can put you to work. Well, yeah, that's that's the one that's what's nice is that I can get the flights in and out the same day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you check our mailbox, Dan, to see if we have any listener mail? You know what? We do. Okay, well, oh. hold on. Let's play our listener mail music. All right, so normally when we get emails, um, I kind of, you know, read the general gist of them, paraphrase them down, but this time I am going to read everything in this email. Okay. And the email is from Jessica. Jessica, real nice of her to email us. Yes, And her email reads, hi. And that is it. (laughs) And that's it. Two letters, one word. She just wanted to say hi to the Woodhounds. Well, it's the thought that counts. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jessica, for that very nicely uh, worded email. That uh, really makes it uh, nice to continue on. Yes. Greatly appreciate it. So. Yeah. Anyone else want to uh, drop us a line? <laughs> <laughs> the Woodhounds at gmail.com. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, Dan, how's your day going? Well, it's not bad today. Yesterday, though, uh, it wasn't. I was I was having a little trouble in the woodyard. I was splitting some elm. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You know, elm is. Uh, Dutch elm disease is rumored to have started the hydraulic splitter industry. Oh, I, I can believe it. <laughs> I hope you weren't splitting it with an ax. No, no chance of that. <laughs> yeah. So it was tough going. Uh, a little bit, a little bit, not too bad. I mean, the Wolf Ridge log splitter can push through pretty much anything, but you know, it, it's stringy and it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's sometimes just a mess to work with. Yeah, there is, you know, Elm gets a bad rap because it is a tough wood to split. But I I think it's good firewood, though. Um, it 
when you split it, it feels like it weighs a ton and it's real wet. But when it seasons out, it's still, I think it's pretty good firewood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It burns. It burns nice and hot. It's it's yeah. you know great firewood. Mm-hmm. But it's just making it, <laughs> getting oh. it to become firewood is the problematic part. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, um, so part of my evolution in firewood is, well, one of the unintended consequences, let's put it like that. I started developing an appreciation for trees. And, you know, when you work with wood, you start seeing its different personality, you know, the way it looks and smells and splits and, and all and seasons. And I had, even though elm is regarded as probably one of the most problematic firewoods, there's other tough splitting woods out there, but it seems like elm just because it was once plentiful seems to be the first one that people bring up. You know, there, there's gum and sycamore, you know, those are pretty tough splitting too, but you know, elm is like the, the standard for woods that don't split. But I started developing an appreciation for the elm tree. I, we had an elm on our land and uh, it used to appear in, in my videos for our outros. It's just a gorgeous tree. Oh. And unfortunately it, it, it uh, broke off in a storm, which is ironic too. Uh, the, you know, the reputation for elms is, you know, there could be a tornado and every tree in the forest is gone except the elm trees. You know, they just had this rich, <laughs> yep. strong root system. I had a friend who's an excavator and, you know, from putting in houses and, and he said the elms were just terrible for them to deal with. He could never get them to dig out of the ground and just a tough tree. Yeah. But, but introduce a little bit of a beetle that's carrying a fungus and goodbye. Yep. Well, and <laughs> I don't know if you know, but the elm tree, the American elm, yeah. I believe is actually one of the most popular um, urban trees uh, just for how fast it grows and more importantly, the shade canopy it provides. Yeah. Well, it was probably once the most popular. I don't think yeah. it is now because the, the American elms are, they're not all dead. I still see a number of them out there, but the, the history of the elm was it, it has just a beautiful classic vase shape Yep. and people, uh, and they grow so tall and those boughs of the tree go all the way up to the top and man, they just are just a gorgeous tree. And, uh, in the early colonial periods, they were planting them on each side of the roads and they would make like a green tunnel because they would touch, you know, yep. in the center of the road from each side. So they were growing them real close together, um, and just made these beautiful roads. And that's where I understand Elm street is like the second or the most popular road name in, in the United States. Yeah. It's also one that people have a lot of bad dreams on. <laughs> and it made a good movie too, didn't it? <laughs> but what's yeah. interesting is when you mention um, just how you know nice the elm tree is to look at, how beautiful it is, and how it's you know big, vast canopy. The funny thing is that growing up for me, the one I would always see elm trees but when they were dead. So they had no leaves because they were always right. the trees that were left standing, standing dead that's elm what, trees. Yes. That's what I always heard them called standing dead elm. Yep. They would just write S D E standing dead elm. And, and that's such S. a shame. 
They'd have no bark. They'd no. You know, you could recognize. Oh, there's a standing dead elm tree. <laughs> but I had also heard too, like the tree service companies, the the climbers still felt safe in them. You know, they were that. Yeah. They they kept their constitution, even though they had long died. Yep. Uh, where they were still a little bit, you know, some trees you wouldn't dare get close to them. <laughs> no, yeah, you're gonna you'll get bonked. But the elms were pretty uh, were pretty safe. But that was how from the way that we use them in our cities and to line our streets it contributed to their demise uh, because you know they started um, dying from Dutch elm disease and all it took was the roots of one tree touching another and yep. that's what happened they every single elm on a road would die if one tree got infected yeah that's how susceptible they were to dutch elm disease d-e-d -D, dutch elm disease yeah I, I it's it's um i believe it was a group of or a couple of scientists that were dutch that From, found yeah. and identified the the fungi that you know contributes that's carried by the beetle that then kills the tree so that's uh -huh. i believe you know that's where the name dutch elm disease refers to okay Though the scientists that discovered, they were from the Netherlands and they discovered um, this fungus or this fungi. All right. Well, that's interesting to know. And the Dutch elm disease, I believe, uh, your, your grand state of Ohio down there, there is somewhat responsible for bringing <laughs> in the Dutch elm disease. Yeah. What'd you hear? Well, I think it was... Um, some logs were being shipped over for uh, building furniture and they were shipped into, God, where, where was it? I'm trying to think here. Somewhere in Ohio. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. There it is. Yep. Uh -huh. And, and that's what, you know, it was kind of an accident, you know, how it was, how the disease was introduced. When you think about it, it's, you know, they uh -huh. had a load of logs that were meant to be turned into some furniture. They ship them to Cincinnati, Ohio and Boom. Oh, there you go. And it's such a contagious disease for the tree. Yep. And it just went downhill from there. And it was probably one of the most popular trees around and they just all died. Yep. Every single one of them. There's still a number of them out there and I do see them, but talk about, you know, an iconic American tree that just, just got wiped out. Yeah. Um, you know, when you hear there's terms that we use to describe trees. You know, there's like the weeping willow, the mighty oak, and man, it's the stately elm. You know, it's just an aristocratic, <laughs> proud, gorgeous tree. And, and, you know, and I have my eye trained for them now. I see, cause I had that tree in my front yard for, for oh, yeah. such a long time. It's kind of like you ever buy a car, you know, and you know, you go to the car lot and you go, yeah, that's a nice looking car. I think I'll buy it. And then, then when you're driving around town, that you see it everywhere. That's you know, you're all like, holy you cow! Yeah, I've never seen this car. <laughs> yep. It's the same thing with with elms. You know, I had my eye trained, and I see them going down the road. And what I had learned was because of its status as a tree and the role that it played, you know, in in the United States's history. There's a lot of tree companies that won't cut them down if they, you know, if there's a healthy elm. And what I had seen here in Ohio, 
uh, with our highways, ODOT, the Ohio Department of Transportation, there you'll be driving on like Interstate 80 and the median between you know east and west bound. There'll just be all of a sudden just a lone elm growing right in the middle of the highway. Wow. You know? <laughs> and and you know it's because they didn't cut it down because right. it's an American elm. Uh, there's a there's another road out um, Route 422 here in Northeast Ohio. There's this closed down bar. It's called the House of Negi, and <laughs> if it, it's just this lost bar, but everyone knows about it because that's where the state patrol sits at all the time because it's a speed trap. But right in the middle of the highway is an American elm just growing straight up out of the median. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and it's just they people don't you know they 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 never cut them down. I think yeah. that's, you know, just because they're a precious tree now. Right. And that's, that's great that, you know, they've gotten that recognition and they know that, you know, people know, Hey, this is a iconic tree, like you had mentioned. And it's not only iconic with um, being planted on many streets and, you know, the use of, but there's actually like historic value, like certain things in history are yeah. noted for happening around elm trees. Or, you know, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and, and there's actually part of the American Forest Organization, they actually um, have like state champion elm trees right now that, that, that they've graded. But back to the, hist the historic part of it. So uh -huh. the other thing with um, in Ohio, there is um, a tree called the Logan Elm. Oh, yeah. And it's in it's near Circleville, Ohio. Yeah, down around. Yeah, that's a, um, that is, I, I know about the Logan Elm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that was a meeting place for the Indian tribes and Chief Logan had a famous speech under it. And in fact, <laughs> there is a, uh, a city of Willoughby, Ohio. It's an Eastern suburb of Cleveland. There's an, a native American museum. Dad and I used to go there before, when he was still alive and there is a piece of the Logan Elm in there. I've seen it. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. I don't know if they tried to make firewood out of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be why it's there. <laughs> they, yeah. They tried. Could you imagine <laughs> back in the, you know, before the days of the hydraulic splitter, you know, when they're cutting down trees for firewood and stuff, and they're like, what the heck? And, that's, and that is why all the elm trees were still standing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were better alive than dead. Yep. I remember my first experiences with elm. I with a sledgehammer and a wedge and the log would just swallow my, it would just swallow the wedge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't even know what it was at the time. I was thinking, what the heck? This log doesn't split. But I started looking into them like the you know, elms were used in the old days for wagon wheel hubs. Uh, yeah, because they don't because sure. they don't split. You know, yep. Butcher blocks. Yeah, they make tools out of them. Uh, it's just a. <laughs> I mean, it's a frustrating wood, you know, when you're thinking of firewood. But I think it's a fascinating wood, just the way it grows, and then that grain is what is it interlocking or it like grows over top yep. of the previous one, and it just right. it doesn't split. It rips. It rips apart. Yep. Yeah. And the other the other I guess beauty of its of the downfall part of it is that like, if you've ever uh, had Elm that has had those beetles in it and you peel the bark back, the beetles will have left trails where they're like chewing on the out underneath the bark. And uh -huh. it's just like, so like decorative to see all the, oh, I wow. get, 
trails of the beetles <laughs> on the bark and it's 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 crazy <laughs> that's the way the ash tree is now because you know all the ash trees are dying from yeah. that emerald ash borer but that's what they do they bore a hole through the bark they live on the sap wood and they leave these little trails and then they fly away yeah it kills the tree yeah 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 but you know i i don't i don't see any live ash trees anywhere at least here in ohio but i do continue to see elms there are some i think it's a stubborn tree there's a a lot of them uh i think i saw as like like one out of a thousand are resistant yeah uh but you know they are still out there but i that's what i'm saying i don't think you know people you're not supposed to cut them down <laughs> right you know, if you see them and i don't i've never seen elm come in on the trucks uh at our woodlot so unless there's one that's growing out in the forest somewhere that just got cut up with all the others. Um, but you know, it, it, I don't, I just don't see them coming in anymore. And, and I think that's the, where they, they thrive the best, like out in the open away from other elm yeah. trees and, you know, kind of, kind of like a loner tree. They like, they I had always heard best. that too. Yeah. They grow better all by themselves. And that's yeah. where, you know, what caused all the problems was that they started, growing them all in close to each other right and they started yeah. i think um like what do they call it when you uh what's the word i don't know if like cultivate them or like they they started to grow them in order just to like plant along the boulevard and the street so they weren't like naturally growing you know growing right. i guess that's mm -hmm. i don't know how i would describe that but but i did read one where a place somewhere where like there's a certain strain of the american elm that actually developed um something where its bark was not as tasty to the beetle and oh that's wow. where that one in one thousand i think comes from like uh-huh so there has been some work in creating a dutch elm resistant cultivar cultivar uh, there you go yeah it's called the princeton elm but i think that is a you know that's like a manufactured uh a hybrid uh, yeah, yeah kind of like a Rutgers tomato. Yeah. <laughs> it was Genetically the, Yeah, it was modified. created by the Campbell yeah. Soup Company. But that's the way with, with the elm. <laughs> yeah, so my younger daughter is starting her college search. And as a habit, I I pull up the, the map of the campus because most campuses have an arboretum and they'll have a map of all of the trees that are on their on their on their oh. campus. So the, the one campus we went to had a, an American elm and they had it marked where it's at. And so when we went to tour the campus, I thought I would, you know, I'd joke with my daughter and take her out there and take a picture of her next to the elm tree. So we walk out to where it's at and I'm looking around, there's no tree. And I was like, well, where in the heck is it? You know, and I look, I was looking at the ground a little bit better and you could tell it was like freshly seeded grass <laughs> oh know? no <laughs> yeah they cut it they had to cut it down it must have died <laughs> so, so there was no elm tree there but they are out there though you know you see them on campuses we have a number of schools that have closed down and they've tore them down and there's the elm tree you know that was growing yep. right in front of them they didn't cut down the tree they let it grow well i mentioned that that national or american forest organization they have um, like I said, champion elm trees in each state. And would you like to guess, Joe, which state has the highest scoring elm tree? Now, let me give you the the uh, what makes up the scoring. So uh -huh. 
the the trunk circumference in, in inches plus the height in feet plus one fourth of the average crown spread. <laughs> wow. Okay. So there's three criteria that make it up: the the circumference okay. in inches, and the height, and the crown. All right. My guess: Ohio. Bam! There you go. Another great mm. reason to love the state of Ohio. Where's my prize? No, you are no. not correct. <laughs> the national champion elm tree is in Louisiana. Are you serious? With a score of 455 points. Wow. So, so that's thing, amazing that it grows that far south, you know, in the heat. Yeah. Well, I'm rain. looking at... I'm looking right now at this. There's like every state almost has a champion elm tree. And Canada too. But this this one in Louisiana is 111 feet tall. Holy cow. And its circumference at the base is around 27 feet, I think. Uh-huh. So that's huge. <laughs> do they say how they estimate its age? They do not. They do not have that. They live along because there was one recently that was cut down that George Washington had signed some, or I think he accepted the, uh, the you know, he, he took command of the Continental Army underneath this elm tree. It was out in, um, in New York somewhere. Uh, or would that be the Washington elm? <laughs> because there is a tree called the that's, Washington elm in Cambridge. That's an appropriate name. That's an appropriate name. <laughs> George Washington is said to have taken command of the American Continental Army. So oh, wow. There you go. Uh, there's a Washington Elm. Yeah, there's one in Washington, D.C. too. And I heard, too, like all those trees that are at the mall in Washington, D.C., those are all elm trees. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. They're yeah. not. They're, no, one, no one made firewood out of them yet. <laughs> and I also know, too, so if you remember the federal building in Oklahoma City that was um, – that was bombed there. Yes. Uh, there was, I mean, it, it, the whole area was, was blown up and there was an elm tree sitting right next to it that survived it. And it is still there. It's called the survivor elm. The survivor elm. Yes. Yeah. yeah uh -huh. It's really interesting to, um, to like, if you just, you know, Google or Wikipedia, uh, American elm. I mean, there's like the treaty elm, the Washington Elm, the low, I mean, there's all kinds of, yeah. Yeah. It's just, mm -hmm. it is like, you know, yeah, you're starting to get me fascinated into these elm trees. Well, it was the, the Liberty <laughs> tree, you know, the famous Liberty tree was an elm tree. Oh, uh -huh. you know? yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things that happen with, with firewood. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you live to avoid elm, uh, but man, it's such a fascinating tree that played such a huge role in you know the united states is you know formation yeah it's it's been along for the ride and you know i mean it's an underdog now too because it's you know it's taken nature's best shot but it's still there man yeah definitely uh -huh. and but just leave it out of my <laughs> leave it out of my wood yard <laughs> well you know i don't mind uh the like smaller diameter stuff i i actually like i mean yeah. You get a standing dead elm tree and you take everything eight inches and under down. You don't even have to split it. Just, yeah, know, it's, it's bone dry, burnt, ready to burn. I cut up one in a farmer's field once and I had my tape measure. And if it 
was too big to where it wouldn't fit in the door of my furnace, I just left it. <laughs> yeah, because what's the point, man? Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to split those things. I mean, you get some of those big bases. Oh, my gosh. Can oh, you imagine gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. a 42-inch round of elm compared yeah. to like oak? <laughs> yeah. The other thing I liked about it, and I think I might have mentioned this before once, but uh, growing up, we would go out and, again, you could easily identify the standing dead elm trees. Mm-hmm. And you could... And take the like the smaller limb wood, and there'd be no bark on it. It'd be clean, and I would take that stuff camping because it wouldn't leave a mess in the back of my car. You know, there it you was go. it was a nice wood to for campfires. Sure, yeah. I had always been sensitive to uh, you know the wood that I was bringing home because I didn't want to infect my my elm tree, and I had it registered too because. It, it met all the criteria. I still believe it was Dutch elm uh, resistant because it showed no signs of infestation. And, and it was, uh, I registered it. I can't remember the name of this organization, but they, it was on the list of trees for them to come take graphs or whatever they do to oh, creating sure. their yep. own uh, resistant tree. But it, it's, there's all these other elms that were all dead around here that were cut down. And it, it had the height and the the, the circumference, you know, uh, standards met, and uh, it just it was a it didn't have a single trunk. It had three trunks, and but they they were all fused together to about thirty feet up in the air. Then it started to separate out from there. Mm, uh, yeah. But it was like a it was like an eighty foot elm, and it wow. and. Um, uh, I knew it was starting to have trouble because the one trunk was starting to separate from the other. And sure enough, a big storm came and it just ripped it and it just tore the whole thing down. It was such a sad sight. Oh. I did a video on it too. I can't remember the name of it, but um, <laughs> right when we had first started our channel, there's uh, it tore down all the power lines and our street was without power for like two days. And... Um, and that was the video that we did was showing how that tree just got tore down. I still have logs out here for the firewood and uh, some of the bigger, uh, the one big trunk I had it sent to my one friend that has a sawmill and he made me some boards. So I gonna have to make some kind of a project out of it. I was, I was just going to ask if, if any of that elm tree was still sitting in your uh, woodshed or wood pile. <laughs> yeah. or <on> the wood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. I, um, I want to bring my splitter over here to split it, but you know, that's just, everything's just been so wet. And then last year when it finally did dry out, it was too hot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it still sits there. I have smaller pieces that I scrounge and pull them out of the pile and throw them in the furnace, but it's mostly all the big stuff now. The other with Elm, the other thing firewood related that I have always found is I think it actually splits best freshly cut or freshly, you know, if it's a blow down, whatever, like if you yeah. leave a, a log of Elm sit for a year or two, I think it becomes more difficult to split. Yeah. Could I've never noticed the difference. I just think they're both, uh, <laughs> <laughs> both hard. I did. I took a picture. I can't, I don't know where it's at. I'll have to find it. I was splitting a piece and it wasn't that big around. It was probably like a, five inch branch you know and i have a picture of it with my wedge completely down inside of it and it and it 
never split. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That was my, I remember the first time my dad's log splitter, when I was using it, the first time I, it would not split a piece of wood. It was a a round of elm about 10 inches. It was standing dead. So it was, you know, just hard as a, it was probably petrified. I don't know. But Uh the wedge on the splitter started going in and it just stopped and it would not, you know, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I I would, I had never seen the hydraulic splitter, you know, like stop and not be able Uh to push through. (laughs) I was just like, now what do I do? (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's not a pleasant smelling wood either. It's not the worst out there, but it's not pleasant. No, I don't know. It's kind of got a wet smell to it, you know, like a wet basement, maybe. Well, there's a term that I've always heard, called, <laughs> and it's something you do to relieve your bladder. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's and that comes from. I used to think it was because it wasn't worth, you know. Uh-huh. Can we say piss? I think we can say piss. I don't know <laughs> curse word, but it wasn't worth a piss, so I, that's why I thought they call it piss elm, but because uh-huh. it stunk like pee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never, uh, I never likened it to that, <laughs> but I do recognize, you know, it doesn't. It lacks the the aroma of cherry or hickory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's. Um, I don't know. You know, it cuts easy with the saw. Uh, it's got a thicker bark to it, but usually the bark falls off and uh, it's just, it's just the splitting part. But that's what I've noticed though. After it's made into firewood, you know, you get it split to firewood size and then it dries out. It's got all these, these hairs, these, these strings yep. sticking out of them. And I always found that to be helpful because when I would start a fire, I would just start peeling them off and get me a nice little pile of tinder. And that's how I'd get my fire started. Uh, and that's where I always, you know, thought Elm was at least good for that, but I think it's a good firewood. It's not the greatest, but it's definitely not the worst. No, you know, I think it's, um, it's right up there with maple, you know, and it just, it's just gets its bad rap for firewood in becoming firewood. Right. Yeah. I think it's actually a higher, higher BTU value than maple. I think it does it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would have believed that. But yeah, in the firewood world, I think a lot of people hear elm and they, they, they are turned away, but you know, it's, it's kind of funny now if maybe some listeners out there will start noticing trees, you know, living, if they have an elm tree around them and, you know, notice, notice the majestic beauty. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous tree. Yeah. Gorgeous Uh, tree. But for firewood. Uh, <laughs> that's why they're so better desirable. they're better off alive <laughs> let them live yeah no need to become firewood don't well i mean and like you said it's not terrible but it's not you know if you split mm-hmm. oak and all of a sudden you throw your wedge into a elm you're going to notice a big difference <laughs> yeah you know there was another one we uh we have a army base out here camp garfield and they let the public in a few years ago. There was a marathon, like a half marathon, and my one friend was running in it. So it was a great opportunity because I've grown up around here and I've always been on the other side of the fence from it. So to be able to get into it was really cool. So we went to this one uh, parking area. It was deep inside Camp Garfield. It's a big, massive place. And I'm 
we're waiting for the runners to come by and I turn and in the middle of this big parking lot, there is a tree and I'm looking at it. I was like, that's an <laughs> elm tree. Yeah. And here I thought it was cool that they, you know, they tore out probably hundreds of trees to make this parking lot, but they let the elm yeah. alone. You know, they let it grow because that's what I'm saying. You shouldn't, you shouldn't cut them down. Um, right. You know, if they're healthy and, and, you know, they're a tree to be saved. So, so Joe, you're, you're saying that, from a firewood perspective, elm, not high on your list. But driving <laughs> around the countryside of Ohio for an evening or a Sunday drive out in the, you mm-hmm. know, you love seeing the elm trees. Yeah. If anyone's driving through Pennsylvania on Interstate 80, as soon as you get into Ohio, there is going to be a lone tree standing right in the median. That's an American elm saying hello and welcome to Ohio. <laughs> I think I think it's sometimes for me it's hard identifying and knowing what type of tree I see. You know, a living tree. Like if I see a tree up on a hill somewhere, I just you know to me it's like oh there's a tree. But I, I think yeah. it's and that's one of the things I think I think elm is one of the harder trees to identify. Well, you know that's where it's different for me because they stand out. I see them and uh they are distinctive and it's just the way that i see like the way that the boughs of the tree go way up into it you know where like a maple gets real thin about halfway up and it's just a bunch of skinny branches um elm elm's different you know it looks like a like some big columns that go all the way up to the very tippity top of the tree to me it's a very distinctive tree, but that's just, you know, how it is. You know, you start noticing things. Yeah. But what about, uh, if, what about if it's not a big majestic tree? What if it's, you know, do you, do you know how to identify the leaves? Or can you just like pick out and see, you know, Oh, yep. That's an elm tree. Yeah, totally. And this is, this is no joke. I was delivering wood to a customer's house and uh, I'm stacking it with him. And I looked down my foot, on the driveway and there is a leaf laying on the ground. And I said, holy cow, you have an American elm here somewhere. <laughs> and I like pick it up and I'm all excited, you know, cause I was like, and he yeah. didn't even, I was like, well, what the heck, you know, an elm tree, where is it? So I like just stop what I was doing. And I had this leaf in my hand and I'm looking all over the place and I go into his backyard and sure enough, there it was. I says, but I says, that is an American elm, precious tree. You know, that needs to be, uh, that needs to be protected. So yeah. the um, there is a brewery that I deliver to, and this is in downtown Youngstown. It is in an old church right behind the library, and it has a gigantic, but it's mangy-looking elm tree that <laughs> is probably 300 years old, and like the sidewalks and the parking lot has been paved over top of it, you know, and it's leaning the yeah. one side but yet it is still alive. And I was talking to the owner about it and I was saying, that's, <laughs> you know, this tree, that's the reason why this hasn't been cut down. It's like the only tree in downtown Youngstown. I said, this has <laughs> not been cut down because it's an American elm. I said, this is a special tree here. So he's all excited. He was saying maybe he'll even like name one of his beers after it. Oh, you know? nice. Yeah. But the leaf is, uh, it's a fascinating thing. <laughs> so it, its shape is just, nothing spectacular about it you know it's shaped like an almond you know it it's yep. just a one it's just one blade it's just peaks at the top 
but where you see it is at the stem where the stem goes into the bottom of the leaf it's asymmetrical so it doesn't curve like the you know like when you draw a heart you know that's got the two little yep uh, bump you know one is smaller than the other it's very distinctive when you see it and that's and and then the it's jagged tooth all the way on the outer edges of it yep that's it, yeah, very distinctive and that's what happens you know picked up this leaf in this guy's driveway and i was like holy cow <laughs> <laughs> yeah i used to i used to have a hard time identifying elm if it was living you know you, I, the dead ones you could always tell and then <laughs> if you weren't if i wasn't sure of it and i tried to split it that's when i would really be able to know it's elm <laughs> yeah you know, here's another one too our good friend andrew easton from the easton made wood splitting company in perth ontario i was watching one of his videos one day and he was on a trip from his place to across town to another person's house to look at his log splitter and he just had footage of him driving down the highway you know just like the camera sitting on his dashboard and he was merging onto the highway and i saw what looked to be two elm trees that were right next to the highway so i rewound it and clicked stop and <laughs> sure enough it was two elms and i was saying even up in canada you know when they built that highway they did not cut those two trees down they let them stand oh, yeah. yeah and there they were yeah pretty cool very cool very cool so yeah everyone now take note if there's elm trees around you pay attention See if you can find them. And don't cut them down because... And don't cut them down. Because <laughs> they're better alive and you'll never split them for firewood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. This was an interesting discussion here, Dan. I mean, we're we're a firewood channel, but we're also, we can appreciate trees. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely... Uh, it's just one, another aspect of, you know, enjoying something like firewood, but again like you mentioned, looking at it from when they're living, like what the history of these trees and yeah. what they've gone through and why, you know, they're dying off. And mm -hmm. isn't it, it's a fascinating story though. You know, it is, it is crazy about the American elm. Who would have thought American it? elm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, maybe this is time to start playing the music now. Would you say? Yes. Let's hit it. Okay. Way to go. All right, well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to the Woodhounds. All right, Woodhounds, take care. Joe, good seeing you again. Woodhound Great Studio. seeing you, Dan. All right, everyone out there, have a great, be cool, and stay safe kind of day. Mm -hmm.